25th episode of the Future Barn Podcast. Um, in these episodes where I'm having conversations with folks from the Elwood and surrounding communities, uh, I'm really trying to capture some of the conversations I'm having on a day-to-day basis uh, that I think are enlightening. Um, and then I'm also interested in uh, reflecting back and forth between myself and the folks I'm talking to, uh, strategies and thoughts, and processes about being better people, about being our best selves. Uh, And I think this is a good example of that. Uh, Today's guest is Aaron Hill, who is a longtime buddy of mine, um, a great disc golfer, and was one of the founders of the Elwood Disc Golf Enthusiast, uh, the disc golf course here in Elwood. So our conversation largely delves into that part of Aaron's history, his uh, origin story with disc golf, um, the story of how the course came to be, and the work that they put in there, and then just some general um, chit-chat about disc golf and our disc golf lives. Um, I think, yeah, obviously if you're a disc golfer, I think you'll like this episode. Even if you're not, I think it's a good one um, in terms of talking about passion projects and um, hobbies, and trying to make community, uh, out of nothing, um, yeah, so, uh, thanks to Aaron for being on today's episode, and for being such a, uh, kind, uh, oral historian of the Elwood course. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy. wanted to have you on is because um i feel it, the disc golf course keeps coming up in episodes because it's just one of my things it's one of my right like, and so of course that's like my frame of reference when talking about community or talking about elwood or any kind of um uh mental health all that it comes up and so i keep mentioning it and i'm like well i need to have like a dedicated like podcast ep- episode and 
And then when we played that round together the other day, uh-huh. and you know, you would like we would like have little moments of reminiscing because I wasn't involved in the building, but in I was the very, there. Very, but I was there. Beginning. I was playing the. I was playing. Yeah. The ni- I was playing yeah, the nine. And, uh, Jason Arnold and yep. uh, uh, there's a couple other people. Ryan Dudley. Yes, Ryan Dudley. Zach Robertson. Zach Robertson was play, uh, yeah. but so yeah. So, but then another reason I wanted to have you on is because you're one of these people that like I, I use the podcast as an excuse to hang out with people. I'm like, I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, with with the whole COVID thing, but then also just in general with living in a small town, like. I like to hang out, and so I, it's a good excuse to be like, "Hey, you want to come over and drink a couple of beers?" Yeah, <laughs> and like we're just, but we have a purpose, you know. Uh-huh. And so that, so I'm secretly using that as an excuse to, hang, to also to hang out. Um, but yeah, so Aaron Hill, here you are. Thanks for being here. Thank I you. Know this is you know, it's always weird for a second, um, <laughs> but so you're in my mind. You can correct me if I'm wrong. You're one of the OG Elwood disc golfers. Uh, yes. Would you, um, you, along with, uh, Trent McPherson, that's, that's, yeah. uh, Alan Hazelwood, yep. um, Mark Walker. Okay. Uh, there's, a probably a few other people, uh, Carl Ahern. Okay. Which still lives here in Elwood too. Yep. Um, so kind of like jumping way back in time before the Elwood course even yeah, got yeah, started. Yeah. yeah. Um, we all used to play together at Morse Beach Park. Yeah. Which is right on Morse Lake. Yep. Uh, in Noblesville. It's a fun little course. And at that time, it was the only disc golf course in Hamilton County. Morse Beach was. Morse Beach which Park. Which now there's like now, only six? At least six. That's not counting private courses. Yes. And, um, so at that time, I lived in Cicero, which is like two miles up the road from the park, pretty much. Yeah. It's just barely into Noblesville, okay. where the park is. Yep. And um, I started playing with my friends, and um, you know, we'd we'd get off work and yeah. and be like, "Hey, what year is this? This is this is probably in two thousand five. Two thousand five. Yeah. 2004, 2005, somewhere. So kind of a few years before the big. Yeah, it's because, that's right, several, I, several years. Because I think the big, like, I see the big explosion is like, kind of when I, I was a 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. And I feel like right probably, after that. Right probably a Mac, couple years after that. Yeah, yeah, a couple years after that when Macbeth won his first championship. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of was like a thing. Yep. And then a couple other companies started doing this. And then, yeah, like you said, well, because you mentioned no courses, the one course in Hamilton County, but there was also none in Madison County at the time. Oh, yes. Right? Yep. Which, I mean, now the, there's the only... Next two course, the next two closest courses were either in Kokomo, yeah, um, which is yeah. 20-some miles yes. north, or uh, Som Park in Indianapolis, in Indi- just barely yeah. in Indianapolis. Those, Indi- just those Indianapolis Fishers, courses. Castleton north north indianapolis area yeah and so um, so yeah um so we started having was after a couple of years of playing with just friends i discovered one night just going out there by myself and there was a whole bunch of guys playing yeah and i was like what is this 
and they were playing doubles. Yep. Which is really popular now, yes. you know, on, especially at Elwood. It's a way um, to keep a... Yeah, I always see it as as a really good gauge of, of is it popular as like an individual sport or is it popular as a community? And like Elwood has blossomed this community like this... I've mentioned it on here before, but there's like the Saturday random draw doubles. You come and get a random, it's like 10 bucks. You get a random partner and you play your round, yeah. right? And, but like you're saying, it's this space where, yeah, you walk up and you're like, whoa, I remember early on in, I think a, it was probably 18 by then, but Elwood was an 18 year old course. And I think there was like 71 people out there one morning for random yeah. draw doubles. Yeah. Like and that's insane. Saturday morning. Yeah. You were probably there. Yeah. Um, it was before I moved to Austin, but yeah, and so you get. But I like this image of you walking up and seeing this kind of field. Seeing of everybody, like, you're like, well, yeah. something's happening here, right? <laughs> and you get an energy uh, too of it of like there's because the, there's not a lot of bad vibes in disc golf if if you find the right crew, you know, and are in the right area, and so and you you can spot it really quickly. So, you know, the guy kicking his bag, like, I'm probably not going to play with that guy. <laughs> and, um, but, because most of the time it's just the vibes are so good. So when you come up to that, it's, it's really exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you saw that, and that was at yeah. Morse. So then I started playing, um, playing doubles. Playing doubles. Uh, Trent, uh, out on Hazelwood. Yeah. Who, which, which he'd w- been playing, has he been playing for a long time? Or was uh, he, he started was he starting about the, he started, the I mean, Trent... We were all started about the same time, you know, within a year or two of okay. each other. Um, Which I so, guess at this point it's almost twenty years now, but it, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, been a long, yeah, it's yeah, been yeah, a long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind I mean, of I've rough to think for, about it. I've been playing for twelve. It's like, so, oh yeah. man, why am I not like touring with the pros by now? Because <laughs> well, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about all that, but um, but so so what happened was. Uh, Alan, so we kind of formed our own little club. Yeah. It was called the Morse Morse Beach Disc Golf Club. Yeah. And uh, we held, you know, just little local tournaments. Well, as time grew, uh, people from Indy would start coming up because that was the only other club. Yep. There was no Hamilton Disc Golf Union at that that point. I mean, they were established, but there was nothing really going on as far as club operations and stuff um so fast forward a year through doubles and playing local tournaments uh also we were starting to play more of the summer series and the fall series tournaments which are pretty big now i mean which are big now yeah yeah, so what was it like back then was it like was there something every weekend uh, absolutely not. No, because no, now it's like every was, day well, of every it was, weekend. It was uh, the summer series consisted of eight tournaments, okay. and it was always like for two or three years. It was the same eight courses. So yeah. you played Indy, you played Kokomo, you played one in Peru. Yeah, you played uh, Wabash. I think there is one in Wabash, one up north somewhere, yep. Michiana, and then Terre Haute. Yeah. Um, and it was always the same guys. Yes. So all, you know, and then the same 40 or 50 guys that would play these tournaments. Yes. They would be, oh my. You're fine. Sorry. Be, beer flop. And so we would all play the same tournaments. You would see everybody. Yeah. Um, Which goes back to that building that community. You guys got to know each other and got to know each yeah. other's games so quick because you are. It's the way I see now with 
the uh, some of the oh oh it's fine uh, with some of the uh, women's divisions where I I get kind of jealous of them because it's like the they have like the same six that play uh-huh. all, and they always are yeah. going to all these tournaments and so they know each other so well right. and they know each other's games and they they have where well, like now there's 150 plus guys rotating in and out. Yeah, and, and th- you have different now you have different parts of the state that have their own clubs. Yes. And you might only get a few. Yeah. So you're if you go to a different tournament, you're seeing a totally different group of guys every time you're playing like a like So the, yeah, so back the then there was enough going on that made it appealing and exciting, but it wasn't as big as it was now where you yep. still got to be Right. You got to have so you could make your own club. You, like now, it's like where do you, where do you start? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. but back then you just made it happen, right? Because there was not as much happening. Yeah, not as much options or yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So, um, Trent, um, also known as getting back to how Elwood started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Trent McPherson would yep. go into um, Roby's, which is now Leroy's place. Yep. Um, which is owned by uh, Holly. Abbott. Yeah, which is a friend of yeah, yeah. Tim Roby's daughter. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, Allison. Yep. And when it was <clears throat> Roby's, it was Tim. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Trent would, you know, talk about all the stuff he was doing, or he was wearing some disc golf garb, sure, or something along those lines. And eventually, they started having a conversation about, you know. How do we get a course started? Well, Tim, this was with Tim. Talking yeah, to Tim, Tim Roby, yeah. who's on the city council. Yes, and he was also involved with the, the parks. Uh, parks and Elwood Athletic Club. Yeah. Well, that's the property that the Elwood course sits on now. Okay. Uh, the baseball, youth baseball, and youth baseball or football fields own that. Own that yeah. woods as well. So they, yes. Yeah. So that all the woods and the baseball field and the football field is all. A part of that. Yeah, one big uh, property. Yeah. So they're like, hey, let's build a course. Yeah. So Alan, uh, Trent got with Alan Hazelwood. Yep. Because he was like the president of <laughs> our Morse Beach. Of real, yeah. That's yeah. where we played because yep. that was the only course to play at yeah. that time. And um, they opened up a booth at the Glass Festival set up baskets, um, started fundraising through yeah. local donations from um, different businesses and stuff like that. Uh, so the glass festival is in about August, August or yep. late, late August. It's usually mid-August, right? Mid-August. Before, it's usually the week before school starts. Um, so as soon as we knew we had the go ahead, we waited until like all the trees started getting rid of their leaves and stuff like that. Yeah. And there was a group of about 10 of us. Yeah. That started just carving the fairways yeah. out of the course. This is, this is what I want to emphasize is that this is just a group of dudes. Yeah. Who love disc golf and like, Hey, let's go build a let's disc golf go course. Build a, and none of you had done it before. <laughs> no. And you also, the land for anyone that's been out there, they can imagine, but if you can't, it's the old city dump. Right from, whatever. Yes, the, um, I think it was the fifties, nineteen sixties, fifties when it closed. And so it's grown up with all this vines and the the uh, honeysuckle is the worst. The honeysuckle, <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, it's not just like 
big trees. It's like all this overgrowth and mess mixed in with trash, even more so back then, and st glass coming up and all that. And so you guys are just like diving into this. And <laughs> head first. <laughs> it, it was a, it literally head first. And you didn't know what you were going to come up with. You didn't know, you know. And so um, could you even, when you were doing that, could you eat, were you kind of started to like carve out a hole and then that kind of revealed itself? Or did you have like on hole one, I imagine it cutting through all this junk. Yeah. Or did you kind of have to get into it before you could like kind of well, realize we, what you had? I think, I'm not exactly sure, Alan and Trent had more with the original uh, 18 design. Yeah, yeah. And I think what they did was take an overhead picture. Yep, yep. And then kind of go, okay, let's try to draw yes. 18 little lines yes. on this big picture. But getting, like you said, getting into it you don't know where you're going you don't know what's going to be in there yeah um i know on a few of them out there on like the original first five or six holes uh, they would take ribbon just some pink ribbon or orange yep. ribbon and just one guy would hold it and the other guy would just <laughs> take off walking well eventually you couldn't see the guy yeah with the other end of the ribbon because the woods was so yeah. thick and uh so it and was then, a, and then, see, and then yeah. at that point we just tried to carve like a path you know following that ribbon yes and at that point you could uh start to see where the larger trees that you're going to kind of shape the fairways with yeah yeah um, cuz and then you kind of like you know widen it Ooh, no, sorry you're good, you're good. <laughs> it's it's not yeah so it's not like where you're just like some of these other courses that are like in parks or more open or something where it's like well here's a you know I mm -hmm. can go here it's kind of like you have to trudge to <laughs> trudge yeah. through it as you're making it uh -huh. that's because that's a I'm always so amazed by that course of like how did this happen <laughs> like, like yeah it exactly. is exactly so, it is so wild to me and and so yeah i had the so it started as nine right yes so after um so we started carving into the woods what year um, it, do you remember was that oh nine um or 10? so we had the money for the first nine baskets and the tea pads and i looked it up uh, a few days ago just to make sure i got my dates yeah correct. yeah 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 and it was uh, sometime in November of 2010 when we put the baskets in. Yep. So the week before that, we poured all the tea pads. Yeah. We put the sleeves in the ground so the concrete could cure. And, Which, then, the, and then the next yeah. week we came back and put the baskets in. Which you're cutting it close to November, right? Yeah. Being able, like, once you get into December and January, like you're not putting yeah you're not gonna be ground, yeah pouring like, concrete yeah, or anything yeah, yeah. like that so, so it would it would have been the november late october november 2009 when we first started when you first started uh, yeah yeah cutting in the fairways yeah because i played my first round in in june of 2009 and i lived in muncie okay and, uh at mcculloch at mcculloch and then and then someone found out that i played disc golf and was telling and so when i visited 
I went out there like it was it was Christmas break of of that first year of 2010. Or 2010. When you put it in. It was the I went yeah. so I'd been out there like a month. I went and played the <laughs> nine because I remember because it wasn't it was it was basically what is now one through six and then 16, 17, 18 yeah. was the so original it did nine. Like a little nine hole so you loop. had to walk. Is that yep. kind of a big walk from it was, yeah. six to to sixteen to go to what they call it was seven then right so mm-hmm. so yeah it's I still think about that sometimes like I love the way it's developed well, it, was, you, it was the nine oh go ahead when you know the little path that goes beside the shelter on hole eleven eleven yep that was part of the original you go through there you instead of walking way back and out and around you know, like you're going to hole seven uh-huh. you would just turn around from the basket on six and. Come that little that. path that yep. goes by the shelter yep. and kind of yeah it kind of it kind of crossed uh went up 11 a little bit and then crossed where f- hole 15 comes in to 16. Okay. yeah yeah it was yeah. it was quite a long walk compared to the well rest but of that's them. what i love about it is i i'm like a sentimental guy and so like i love thinking about like it was that nine and then it was that and then what a, a year or two later that um 18. We yeah, so nine, you it, put in nine more. Yeah, it was a year later. Yeah. Um, we uh, through more whole sponsorships. Yep. Um, raised more money. Yep. I don't think we put the second nine T pads in right away. Um, it wasn't could, long I, after. I though. could be wrong. It wasn't yeah. long though. It wasn't like noticeably long. Yeah. You know that. It, um, yeah. But yeah, so 18 so, come in. So uh, Travis Fawcett, who yep. also lives in Elwood, now he lives, he's moved to Minnesota a yeah, couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, his company sponsored uh, basically the entire uh, back nine. I didn't know this. Do you remember what that company was called? So we can throw it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I could... I, I meant to look. I forgot. No, it's um, all good. It's all it's good. My bad on uh, messing that up. But, no, yeah, um, you didn't mess anything up. He's. I know he works with computers, computer yeah. software, yeah. programming. Well, that's amazing. Because um, the first nine, it was a lot of local businesses, right? It mm-hmm. was like I know the Mojers who are family friends of mine. Like they had in Dennis Church's family, and some other families or local businesses, with with and a couple golfers like yourself who donated money oh yeah yeah and uh so again i'm just trying to emphasize like this is like a really grassroots diy thing that happened this wasn't like some courses where it's like the parks department gets together and there's Mm -hmm. all this money like okay we'll give you 120 like there's a course in austin where the parks wanted to revamp the parks department wanted to revamp it two hundred twenty thousand dollars to redo a course that's crazy. And that the city just gave them out of their parks budget. <laughs> and I was like, could you imagine what we could do with 220? We'd have like the world's biggest golf compound yeah. out there. Yeah. Be, but, but like they did baskets and they redid all the tees and they had a guy come yeah. in and do uh, like ground preservation. And like, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure so you had, it goes bench, I'm sure you had benches or some kind of shelter. On, they did. Yeah. On a lot every of bench, them. every, a new trash can, like the nice metal trash. So, it, and it it adds up fast, I understand. But what is great about Owen is that it's great. It's a great course. It's very functional, and it's DIY. It wasn't something that yeah. So and 
So it just happenstance is like a golfer's company donates to it. Like that's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, yeah, and then that was rocking people. And that really when that eight, the 18, that's when like those doubles really started taking off and started hosting. Uh, when was the first uh, like Edge of Insanity? Uh, we have done seven. Uh, six or seven. So it was I think four. seven. So it was a couple years, three, four or five years after it yeah. got settled in. So the first one was probably 2013, maybe. Yeah, yeah, um, which I, is part of which is a really big deal because players from all over the state are are coming. Are coming. Yeah, yeah, and it's well, still to the day like, except for one year out of those seven years, it holds the largest attendance record. Oh, really? Out of all the other. Uh, 10 or 12 tournaments, depending on well, what year it was. Well, now, yeah. Well, and Which, that's... That's incredible. I mean... It is. <laughs> to cut, And it's bringing people... I would argue that in terms of bringing people to Elwood, that disc golf course brings more people than yeah. any... Who go out... They go out to lunch. They, you know, yeah. they might have to pick up hand warmers at the Dollar General. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, they like, go to Speedway and buy they gas to Speedway. before they go yeah. home. And so... Because... Yeah. Well, even like the other day, we had the the winter series, and that was like a cat a casual charity tournament, and we well, end up with like 130 people out there. Yeah, 130, <laughs> which is also the attendance record for this year for WIS. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what well, well, let's in the middle of this like great story of like how the course came to be. Let's think about like what is appeal. What is what do you think is so appealing about the Elwood course? What makes people come and what makes people want to, and it's, and people, it's like, and it's not the same people, right? It's not like you were talking about where it's the same 50 guys. There's like, I would guess there's four, three, 400 people who play that course who are rotating at some play, some tournament, some play, some some doubles. Some people play every year. Some people Mm -hmm. will play it every other year. Yep. Um, It kind of rotates. You're seeing... A lot of this year, I would say, yeah, there is a lot more newer players just getting into the sport yes. that are just like, I'm going to play every single tournament I can because yes. it's awesome. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> and, well, more so than but, just Elwood, it's like that's a COVID thing too. The numbers are up like crazy. I was just reading in the Disc Golfer magazine about how sale a lot of these sales are up like 40% of disc and a lot of them to new people because I think – People are, especially in the summer, you couldn't go very many places. Disc golf, I would argue, is one of the safest activities. Right, because you're outdoors. You're outdoors. You shouldn't be that fun close to me anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm out over here throwing frisbee. You're getting exercise. So you're getting exercise, and it's COVID. Yeah, but COVID-wise, it's just like you're not touching. You're not going to touch my disc. I'm not, you know, in most circumstances, uh, we're very rarely six feet close to each other anyways. Um, and, and if you really f- feel, you know, I noticed a couple people were wearing masks and if you, f- you can totally play in a mask. Right. Right. Where like, you can't really go play, like pick up basketball on a mask. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like it, would, it would be ridiculous and it would be hard to breathe, but you can, you can play or you can make shift things. And so I, I just think, uh, and I'm so happy to see it, but yeah, back to the question of, about the Elwood, I just think course, it's, what is it? Maybe it's. 
I want to say it has a lot to do with uniqueness mm-hmm. um, compared to um, a more open course where you are not really challenged by yep. by throwing your disc exactly where you want it to go. Yep. Um, you kind of have a little bit of leeway on if you're, you know, a little bit left or a little bit right yep. or a little bit high or... Um, but with Elwood, I think the uniqueness of every shot, every hole that you walk up to, it's different. Yep. I mean, it gets a little repetitious. I mean, there's a lot of them that turn right. Yep. There's a lot of them that turn yep. left. But the thing is, is there's so many trees out there. Your that you, line is your, very specific. Your line, yeah. You, mm-hmm. you, you have to throw it exactly where you want to it. Yes. Um, uh, or you're you're not going to have a, a very good shot and then you got to scramble yeah. and but i think too what's really complimentary of that is also how it is that it is challenging but it is also most of the holes are 220 feet or less so right. then it's also a little bit shorter it's shorter than normal it, or, the normal so it's technical and short so like i just tell people like when they're learning like if you can just throw like a kc pro rock like mm-hmm. straight like or an ultimate disc yeah 150 feet, you're gonna you throw a rock everything. or a buzz, or you throw if you can just a, throw uh, that straight, then and then you work from there. But right. so what I'm trying to say is, I think it has a lot. It's both challenging, and it's both and it's friendly in a way, right? Because of because it's not because, so long that you're yeah. just gonna, um, or it's challenging in the way that like, not in the same way, but like. Putt putt can be challenging because it's like these very specific technical lines, but that also makes it fun because it's so specific. Right. Uh, and I, yeah, I just, I just think it's so dreamy of a course. And what I, another thing that I've been thinking about, I've been specifically thinking about um, the relationship to like, like I call myself a hick. My dad's a redneck. Like I, uh, <laughs> you know, like. I th- of that kind of rural dude culture and how disc golf, a lot of us got, did you grow up hunting and fishing? Not really. You didn't? No. But you look like you did, You would. <laughs> right? you well, look, I'm from Indiana. You, I'm yeah, from yeah. rural town. Right, rural, yeah. Rural you're, Indiana. You're a rural guy, right? But like. I got to blend in. <laughs> but but the number of guys you see out there who who are hunters and fishers, who grew up hunting and fishing, I wonder if there's some sort of connection to that sort of from being in a that certain atmosphere that sort being of out because elwood's to the woods right it feels like you're in the woods yeah. you can hear the gunshots from the conservation club yeah across, i think people hunt across the creek i don't know if they're supposed to but i, I know they, yeah i, 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 I see them so. there yeah and, you also see your occasional hawk or owl or yeah and so you get this uh, i think there's an eagle out there yeah it's been spotted oh, really? a couple times i know there's one it's in been a elwood. while since i think anybody's seen one but, but lots I, of wildlife deer yes deer uh have come up and greeted players yes they, i, I saw a doe several rounds in a row last summer uh but so i think there's something with that kind of nature oriented vibe as well but then i also think like i always say my dad is into hunting and fishing kind of for the social aspect as well like he loves him and his buddies have a cabin by their mm-hmm. that they stay at by their the woods they hunt at, you know, or they when you know they go out to lunch before they go fishing, you know the, yeah. that kind of stuff. And it's similar with it gives like adult dudes 
like something. Yeah. Not that it's just for you're dudes, hanging out with your buds. It gets you. Yeah, you drink beer. <laughs> you're doing you're, something cool. Yeah, you know, you can't, you can't like be like swinging the Bud Light while you're trying to play tennis. Like you know, like it's like it's just it's different. Where like I, mean, I could probably try. You could try. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see you try. And but um, so I, yeah, so I am interested in kind of the psychology of that. Of like, uh, there is especially in Elwood, there's a specific type of guy, like certain, a lot of like blue collar guys who like, they come from their job, you know, like you do carpentry or like working in a factory or um, hang windows. Seems to have several window guys out out there. And then they go from that to disc golf. And there's something about that that's like- Yeah, it's it's a wide spectrum of of people that play. It's not just people that have, you know, a higher income or anything yes. like that it's yeah. it's a very wide spectrum of and and it's lots an of different sport. occupation absolutely um, um for sure so oh let's so we're at the 18 holes and that's going great but then there's this decision hey let's add more right holes right so now after the the second nine gets put put in yeah a little bit more money is raised this whole time Trent has been having um, his booth at the Elwood Glass Festival, yeah. raising a little bit of money. Yep. Um, it took, I want to say, maybe three or four more years. So somewhere around 2015, 14 or 15. Yeah. Uh, finally got enough money through sponsor, more sponsorships, whole sponsorships um, to put in six more baskets six more yep yep and that and then and that's kind of also exploring new territory of that woods as right. well right yeah all of those ha- all of those holes actually are on the other side of that that ditch which runs down hole i now the ninth yep extra hole yeah 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 so everything's on that so side. we've never been that back that far before sure so yeah. right, whole whole nine it, it it turns and starts heading back towards the does its loop and the, starts yeah. heading back toward yes. the parking lot so so was that land a little easier to deal with was it less overgrown less um, big stuff because the way it looks yeah, it a little looks bit like it a little and bit. Especially, well, and like, B, the one that's out on the grass, right? You yeah. probably didn't have to do we a lot. We got lucky with that one. <laughs> you didn't have to do a lot. And it's, set, it's a perfect shot. It's, that's one of like three open holes out there. <laughs> yeah. Or the one, not to jump ahead, but the, when you added the other three, the, is it G? The, the newest long ones. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like that one was probably, you didn't have to do a whole lot too. No. Yeah. So. Basically just kind of manicuring the sides yeah, and, yeah. and around where we wanted to put the basket. So was that kind of the same crew of y'all that kind of headed that up, um, doing those new? Uh, I know Trent was involved. Yeah. Uh, Roy McCormick, which has a lot to do with most of He's maintaining the, stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, he, he cuts the grass a couple times a week all the way through the Takes summer. Takes care of the trash cans, right? Uh, yes, he yeah, loads that's his... That's a big one. Loads I love his uh, trailer up with the four-wheeler <laughs> yeah, and uh, empties all the trash can, which is, I mean, that's going to take some time. It takes some time. There's a trash can on almost every, not all of them, but, but almost all I've of them. But when I've seen Roy doing it, he looks so happy because he's like riding his <laughs> four-wheeler just like yeah. through the woods. Yeah. He's having a blast. 
Um, but yeah, I, he's making the I course better. I appreciate. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he mows all that grass out there on B. Okay. He mows the grass um, on 14 and 15. And now that the grass has started to grow on some of the other holes, like uh, 17, there's a lot of grass on it. It yep. used to just be dirt or mulch Junk. if we could yeah, get yeah, yeah. mulch back there. A um, couple of the other ones, uh, hole s uh, seven? No. Seven has some grass. Yeah, seven around the around yeah. the basket. Yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. But yeah, he does all that. Um, if there's a storm that comes through, that's awesome. He's the first one out there cutting up the trees. Yeah, and again, it's just like someone yeah. is just putting in the work. And that's and, what the whole club has been about since yeah. the beginning: is people volunteering their time. Yeah. To make something better. Yeah. For the course and for the town. Yeah. And well, the thing is, I don't even think I'm a part of the club, like because you can buy like. Can't, like a tag and a bag tag yeah the, there's like a whole yearly membership and i've never i mean i wasn't here for six years but i never i've never done it so you can do it right like who's right. in charge who's in charge of that now um and for people who are in curious including myself um uh, right now uh kyle kyle is Jones. yeah so so we're, we should be getting our new ones for 2021 here soon, soon. yeah uh they're ten dollars Yep. It supports the club. And yeah, and how would you explain um, so, for people that don't know bag tags like um, how that how it So works. each one has a number yep. starting from one course. We and usually start out with you do them for specific courses like you'll see people have bags that have yeah. like the Anderson every, tag and the every club has their Landing bag tags. Ta yeah. They're they're good for fundraising. Um, we use a lot of the fundraising that we do from our leagues to fund the false uh, fall series tournament. And the edge of insanity. The edge of insanity in October. Um, but it's also kind of a once you buy the tag, it's yeah. yours forever. You don't ever yeah, get it yeah, back. Yeah. You keep it. Um, so if you want to meet a couple other guys at the course and, yep. and play for it, it's kind of a way of being competitive yes. without going. Hey, I'll bet you ten bucks if I. Yeah, meet it's you. a fun way. You, you're playing for the tag. So everyone you, throws in whoever their tag. has the lowest number. Yep. And um, so you throw in, and it's like, if you have seven and I have 15 and our buddy has 28, mm -hmm. and then whatever order we come in, we just take them in that order. Yeah. Yeah, whoever has the best score gets the lowest number. Yeah. It's just an easy way to be competitive without spending a it whole is really cool. bunch and, of money. And again, it, it's that thing that just like keeps the loop going of include including people. Mm -hmm. I think that's the important thing that like, so why people come to, they show up because they they can just show up and feel included. It's like Saturday morning unless come come some disaster, there's doubles at Elwood, right. Every right? single Saturday. Every single Saturday. So you know, I don't have, it's it's just a part of my life, right? Where I when I'm Saturday mornings feel good and I'm up and I'm ready to go, I go. Right. You know? And if I don't go, oh well. Yeah. And it it's that, but it's that's why I like tags too. It's it's that it's that I you can get in the same rhythm of playing with the same people, and so it at least makes that. Or it gives you mm -hmm. a reason to be like, "Hey, Aaron, we haven't played together in a while. Let's go play one for tags." You know? Yeah. I know you got yeah, the exactly. number one. I know, like, yeah, whatever. that's exactly the point. Yeah. Um, it's a little side bet without actually betting anything. Yes. You're, um, yeah. I had you're still supporting the club, but you're you know 
Yeah. Just a little competitive side. I, I had a buddy uh, in also, Austin I always wanted to bet, like, money. And I was just <laughs> like, I can't do this all the time. Man. Yeah. That's what leagues are for, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Big doubles, you pay your 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah. You get a partner if you guys do the best. I mean, that's... That's yeah. where the betting comes in, in, in my opinion, yeah. or, or, or tournaments, larger yeah. tournaments. But uh, also our singles leagues, since yes. it's singles, yes. we also, on Mondays, uh, between um, usually April and September is usually when the Monday nights, yeah, because of daylight and stuff like that, uh-huh. um, everybody turns their tag in, so then, oh, you know, there's I 20 see. or 30 guys, you got to... Yeah. You got 30 it, different tags to try to compete for. And I haven't played the Monday nights for just for some reason I haven't, but uh it's it's handicapped too, right? Yes. So you set your handicap your mm-hmm. first week there and then you play off that handicap? Uh you have to play 3 weeks and then 3 weeks. Yeah, after that. And then um, But your first 3 weeks you still get to play for any ace pot, the Cool. CTP. Um and yeah, and so that that's something that starts up too. Yeah, there's just so much good Which stuff. Which is I'm, I'm really looking forward to because yeah, you like winter, the... that means winter is almost over. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's February now, right? So yeah. we've got less than two months before. Yes. The actual time, daylight savings time is big for me because yeah. I usually work till four or five o'clock. So you can't play. In the, yeah, I don't yeah. have any time. Um, but once daylight savings time changes, then yeah. I've got... You know, a time, especially in March and yeah. Yeah. beginning of April, I might be able to, I won't be able to play a full round, but at least I'll be able to get you, out you there. You can get and, out there. Yeah. Um, get back into the normal summer, yeah. summer routine. Well, for, I guess I, I should have led with this earlier, but congratulations on your win. Thank uh, you. This weekend. So Aaron won his division. So you're in the, you play the 40 plus open division. Yep. And, uh, for a long time, you were the only person signed up for that division. <laughs> <laughs> but you got some yep. t- got some buddies to sign yeah. up as well, and you pulled out the win at the. And it's cool, like I I've been shitting the bed at Elwood tournaments. And I feel because it's my home course. I know uh-huh. you had I, was, I played one tournament with you, and you had a rough Elwood round, and yeah, it just it feels like what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, my fall series tournament last October yeah, was not. This was, is first round was okay. Second round was. N- not so good. This is my thing. You know, yeah. like, this is my place. <laughs> and how do I not... You're Especially for you, you're like, I fucking built this place. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. And you have a bad round. And, uh... But you did... You played pretty well. What did you end up for the day? Um... Seven? Yeah, seven. I shot uh, four under first uh, round. Three under second round. That's awesome. Uh... And I was down two strokes after the first round. Yeah, yeah. And um, you had a, we were battling. We were really close. And then he ended up, the the guy in second place, um, ended up having a really bad hole. Which it happens can, out there. Yeah. Yep. If you get into a bad spot after hitting a tree and yes. it gets off into a bad yep. area. Well, especially too. But he, he ended up taking a, a six, which is a triple bogey. Yes. And it was... Pretty much over after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, that happens. I I think I had a double bogey on like my second hole of the day, and I was like, "Is this is it over?" <laughs> like yeah. I, man, my first round was so bad. I played, I shot like plus five, which is I I was last in intermediate, and then and then I shot minus four in second round, mm-hmm. which is was the fourth or fifth best round of the right. second round, and 
in intermediate, but I was just so far behind yeah. that it just didn't matter. I I passed like everyone on my card, but otherwise, I, and I'm well, like one right. other guy, but yeah. Well, and people were shooting hot. Oh there yeah, there's some hot. I mean, the dude that won intermediate shot like 13 for the day. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. short pads. Yeah, there but was seven short pads for for that for so our division. It kind of split the field up between. Between the advanced and the, um, but the still, open players, and then and then, did you see Corey Brown's second round? Was he thirteen down mm-hmm. for the in the open division? Because mm-hmm. he was like, I was like, oh man, Corey, you know, he was like only like four down or, or five down mm-hmm. after the first round, which for him was isn't that great. And then I, I Corey's one of my favorite disc golfers and a really great hey. dude, and he's so bizarre. He and but he went in the zone. He got. I'm guessing he got in the zone, and he does that. He um, because he was actually the first time I ever played disc golf. I was in Muncie, and my friend from college, uh, who was a buddy of mine on the tennis club, was like, "Let's. Uh, I want to show you disc golf." I was like, "Okay." So we went out, and like halfway through, we meet this guy named Corey, and it's Corey Brown, right? And he's throwing like. From, he might not have had shoes on, and he's throwing from like <laughs> he's like flicking from his knees off the tee pad, and he's throwing like these re, like giant rollers. I'm like, I don't really know what is going. This wasn't what I thought this was, but this is incredible. And then hole 18, uh, in Muncie is in a short spot. He aces it. My first round, I see an ace, and I'm like, Is this what this is? <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is this real? And so did he I just got do the, that? I got the bug immediately. It took me like five right. more years to get my my actual first ace. But um, yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah. kind of like how it was for me because I told you at the beginning that I just played with my friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people that come out to Elwood just jump right into doubles or yeah. singles and, and tournaments and stuff like that. But for the first couple of years that I played, we went and uh, camped up at Honey Bear. Yes. Uh, we played Psalm a lot because I worked a lot down in the north side of indy area yeah yeah and uh, and then when i found doubles i the first week that i played doubles out at morse beach yeah i got wild man oh where you, which where you have to play by yourself you play you by get, yourself do they but do, you get two shots do they do on, two extras yeah 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 well come around to hole 15 and i got an ace nice and it was my first ace ever nice i, I won a hundred and ten dollars or something like that yeah but then from then on it was i'm playing i'm playing this every single week (laughs) you got (laughs) yeah well especially and i told the other guys and they started showing up and other guys started showing up and more people from indy were like man there's like a whole bunch of guys out of course this week let's go play and um yeah that's kind of how um i want to say that disc golf kind of had its like first bump or its first yeah. surge back yep. into um, uh, being popular. Yes. Because it was kind of, you know, it was kind of a niche kind of thing it was. back in the 90s. Yeah. And then it kind of like, you know, sloped down where there wasn't really a whole lot of going on. Well, it was Kim, really... Ken Climo was... was <laughs> Winning the world every championships world cha- yeah. every single year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah exactly. uh, but uh, so we started having doubles out there, and it was it was like what we were doing um, in Elwood, like you said before you 
moved back to Texas where there was 70 guys. There wasn't 70 guys, but, but we, we were drawing on a, and Morse, but it was usually like for the record, is, is only a nine-hole course, and we were putting 40 to 50 guys yes. every single yes. Thursday yeah. on a nine-hole course. Well, and Morse is, and, isn't um, very difficult. Yeah, it's And not. so you add doubles into it. And so <laughs> you're, you, what, like, winner shot, like, 17 down? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, right? So you, that makes it really fun, too, because it's like the scores are really, everyone's shooting hot and, like, yep. you know. It so at, at that point, um, it's kind of when um, the Hamilton Disc Golf Union and uh, Dennis Byrne uh-huh. yeah. kind of said, it's coming back. It's getting really popular. Let's do something. And yeah. he got involved with all the local uh, parks departments, okay. Carmel. Hamilton County, Fishers. Yeah, because that's where they got there. And their... it was just, it was like one or two courses a year. Yeah. Dylan was first. Um, I think uh, the hill. The hill. At the church. Yep. Uh, a couple other nine hole courses, and then eventually. Fall Creek. And then eventually Hazel Landing. I think. Fall... I think Fall Creek was after, yeah. shortly after Hazel went in. Um, and at the same time, that same thing is happening in surrounding counties yes well um, that's the thing it's not just like like yeah it's not just like indianapolis or fort wayne it's like happening in places like Elwood. Well, yeah, like little someone's the, getting excited someone's got 12 acres of land yeah. and it's like let's make it happen <laughs> and yeah um yeah they're every like that's why when i travel for stuff especially when i used to travel more for poetry stuff I would always just take three discs with me because hey, there's always one 20 minutes away. Right. There's always a course 20 minutes yeah. away. Yeah. Um, and when that feeling when there isn't one, it's just like, what's happened? <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel, I'm so spoiled. I went, my ex-wife and I, we did our honeymoon in West Texas. And I, I just assumed big open deserts, they'll put like a cool big course out here. I, we, the place we were, we were in Marfa, Texas, and I, I get there and I like put, like, I go on DG Course Review and put in the zip code, and the closest course is 122 miles away. <laughs> and I'm like, where am I? <laughs> really? <laughs> like, where, like, you can't, yeah, yeah, like, if when you're here, it's like, well, now, you go in any direction a half hour and you're hit you're hitting one or two. Oh yeah, exactly. You can go literally any direction. It's, it's exploding. Anderson yeah. has one, Marion has one, Kokomo several has courses, two? several courses in, in central Indiana getting put in Yes. every year. Yes. Um, well, and then even just like over on 19, they put in that one at that church at little Heartland yep. and it's a church course. It's like, Oh, it's open. It's, and they have plans to put in another but it's, nine here pretty soon, but it's not, but it's really fun. I like that. Co- I got a buddy that lives over there in Tipton. And that's a really, f- and that's where I take noobs too. When people are like, I want to mm-hmm. learn. I take them there first mm-hmm. and say, let's just go out here, play the short pads and you can figure it out. And yeah. You're not lo- losing disc. You're not going up and down a hill. You're not dealing yeah. with. You don't have to look for them. Yeah. You know, yeah. Especially at the Elwood. In the Elwood sum- can in the be summertime. a little soul crushing. In the summertime, you're. The weeds and the yeah. the overgrowth gets built up, and the leaves, yeah. and, and you can spend five minutes and not even 
find it, which is if you're hitting a tree twenty feet time. away, you never. <laughs> if you're hitting a tree twenty feet away every time, you're never seeing how your disc flies. Yeah, exactly. So at least out there, you can like, and then take it to Elwood. But, but I think my point is that not only is it's not just a numbers game; it's also like there's a good variety of mm -hmm. courses, like the different types of courses that there are is yeah. really amazing. Um, Elwood being on one end of the spectrum and maybe that Tipton course being on the other end of like friendliness and difficulty and you know and then you got your park courses in between um yeah it's it's a beautiful amazing thing and so um Elwood has done this amazing thing so we're at 27 now we've added three more mm -hmm. right uh and those are still works in progress or so need pads yep and um Hopefully but they're playable they organize were played that in the tournament yeah so what are the plans so people were asking me during the uh tournament like oh, are um, these getting pads or i know what? we uh there's a couple courses um i want to say frank mary which is uh north of muncie a little yeah. bit uh That's a strange they put hog slats in yeah yeah so we had a chance to uh purchase them or yeah. acquire them somehow. Yeah. And um, for those three holes. For those three holes. Yeah. And the way we were kind of looking at it is, um, they're not the most popular kind of tee pad. Yeah. Um, and 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 especially on two of them, um, there's really not a great spot to put them in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. especially without a lot of groundwork yep. where we'd have to build up the ground on, on one side, the front or the back and yeah. do a yeah. lot of grading. And then you worry about settling and yeah. stuff uh, like that. Uh -huh. So there's the plans for that is kind of still up in the air. We talked yeah. about trying I, to just pool our resources and um, try to maybe make a smaller concrete tee pad or try to do the paver thing like the rest of the extras well that's what i was um, going to say the so the extra holes the six extra ones that were put in before this have like the are they 12 inch paver stones yep and with railroad ties around them yeah which i and really like i actually really like they the way they they settled well they they hold up well they create a better a good flat surface because i understand the they're a little bit the, the difficulty of pouring a pad back there right and on some of those i'm guessing that's the main getting issue. the machinery back getting there getting the machinery back there making leveling in that all out but but i yeah it, and, there's and a little bit more maintenance even, i think because the pavers i think they get a little slick sure um but there's a guy in our club that has uh jeff he went out there especially whole eye the last one yeah. Um, he's worked on that one, trying to remove the algae and the moss and, oh, okay. and the slickness from it. Because yep. it, it, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, it's a sunny day. If it rained two days ago, that thing's still yes. a little slick. And it, it's I also settled that. because it kind of sits on a, there's a little bit of an eleva elevation yep. change right in front because yep. of the ditch that runs through there. Yeah. And I feel and like it, that, and it that needs place to be is constantly that one, eroding. And there's one other one that needs to be addressed a little bit. Sure. Um, just to be adjusted and maybe you just reset, but yeah, but I mean, they've lasted for five years. Has it been that long? I think so. Yeah. Um, Stacy O'Dell, 
Yep. Um, two months again. He, yeah. I don't. I can't think of the name of his business. Um, but he donated all of that, okay. uh, all the materials and his time to wow. have all six of those paver tea pads. Well, to be put in, which is really awesome. Again, just <laughs> things happening, things yeah. popping up. Uh, uh, yeah. So you know, when that happens, I think that'll be really nice to that because that was one of the only complaints that I've ever heard. Yeah, the, is the that three, the especially three, for a tournament? The three tea pads when yeah. there's people. Well, the original plan was to not even use them. Yeah, you well, in which is yeah, with so many people. We were watching registration and the exactly. Uh, so yeah, but that's just part of the deal, and then. Um, and then I think another thing people ask about is signs, because a lot some of the signs have gotten torn up, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, your name, someone doesn't like you. You got very aggressively scratched out on your your <laughs> sign. Uh, <laughs> have you noticed yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. And so those those three guys or those other two guys on that sign are the two guys that I started playing with. Okay. Back. When I okay. first got started, but you know, so, um, so the joke is, that, well, Aaron's sign and their name is a little vandalized, but your name is yeah. aggressively vandalized. There was a period through there that not a whole lot of people are I didn't know no, if no it was longer like a crazy with our club. Uh, no, no, it was, <laughs> there was there were some disagreements within the club, and uh, sure, there were not a whole lot of people that were happy with the decisions were getting made. Oh. And, well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> but it happens with every club. Yeah. Yeah, but... Um, that was the reason that we actually formed our board. We have a five-member board that... Oh, I didn't know so. ...governs sure. the club. Yeah, yeah. Um, not really governs. We just basically go, hey, is this cool? Is this cool? You guys want to do this? Who's and, on the board now, right now? Uh, it's myself, Trent, Kyle Jones, Brian Gibson... Is that four or five? <laughs> That's four. Is Jared Borf? Uh, Jared Borf. Yeah. Sorry. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you. Yeah. I had. I had you. Um. So yeah. So that. So it's it's a little more a fish than it used to be. For a while, it was just yeah. Kind of, for the first couple of years, it was, it was pretty loosey goosey. Yeah. Well, it was. It was, just it was everybody, kinda, you know, before and after leagues, we would get together and say, "Hey, let's do this and let's yeah, do yeah, that." Totally. And, which I love. And then it would happen. Yeah. And I then just, people started disagreeing, so then we just decided I, to make it, you know, a little bit more official. And yeah. Well, you know how sometimes people then the get, problems kind of, you know. Like if you don't show up to the meetings, we're, we'll, we'll say on our Facebook page, "Hey, well, let's have a meeting." Or yeah, yeah, that's something I want. That's one of my goals for twenty twenty one is to get more involved uh, out there and uh, help however I can. I have this idea for. Um, I know we have probably have enough leagues, but and uh, tournament style stuff. But there's this really awesome one that they did in Austin uh, once a season, and it was a. Flex start singles, um, mm-hmm. like on Thursdays, you could tee off anytime between three thirty and six thirty, or what? Right. Three thirty and six, and it's ten weeks, and you take you play as many of those weeks as you want, and you take your five best scores, okay, and you average them out, and you do divisions. But it's really fun because you you get to drop your bad weeks. If mm-hmm. you come all ten, then you just have five extra scores to drop. If you come eight, you know you don't right. get to drop. Three. So you you kind of essentially pay in for the league. You, you don't pay in 
every week. No, correct? it's twenty bucks. It was it would just for the whole season for ten weeks. So you don't have too- to. You don't have to. It's twenty bucks if you come one week. It's twenty bucks yeah. if you come. But you 10 have weeks. to play at least five to, to to qualify. And then they do the payout at the end. They depending do this payout. On how many. The, they yeah, and they had like a whole. They had their whole trunks full of discs from tournaments and stuff. Uh-huh. So they would do payout in plastic, but you could just easily do it in cash. Right. And I just always, I think that's a really fun, for people who want like a set thing like after work, like Thursdays after right. work, you just come out and it's like once there's three or four people there. It's not so time constrained. You Once you have three or four people there, you put them on a card and they go out. Mm-hmm. And then, especially with U-Disc, it's so easy now. Right. Everyone just in there scores the Tyler and then. <laughs> you know, and then I can calculate right. them every week. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, but, I mean, that's a great idea. Well, in that way, yeah. And it, it's more just one more option to play. It's just one know? more option, and I know a lot um, of people... It's, it, and it's different than the Handicap League, so, too, I think. And I like the... I love the 10-week. I always would love those playing that because it, I would try to go as many... I would always make sure I could go eight or nine of the, the weeks right. and then get the drop three or four but then if you, But then if you... Had to miss for some reason yeah. that came up, or you yeah, it's got not off the end of the world. Work late yeah. or something. Yeah, you would and still have those twenty bucks for ten weeks. Yeah, <laughs> that um, now that the, that you mentioned that, um, there's a couple times that I was working out in Terre Haute, uh-huh. and that's kind of the way that um they had set up there. It was it was still a handicap league. Okay. Um, but you paid in. To the league, you paid your fifth. I think it was fifteen dollars, or something like that. But then you paid. It was only one dollar to enter every single week. Okay. After the, and I think you had to buy your tag too, which is another sure. five or ten dollars. Sure. Um, but then the points that you got every single week accumulated, and then you had at the end of um, the season, once you accumulated all your points, then they had a they had a, they bought a whole bunch of discs or had accumulated discs from other places and yeah. and you got paid out that way and that's fun um, yeah that's so f- it, it, it's kind of the same thing yeah yeah um, I just think I, but it was more based off a handicap system instead of just you know you get a point for every person you beat kind of like you do in the yeah other traditional series sure uh, yeah I think for me the things that are appealing to me is. The dropping score, like that, you just get to keep your five best scores. I think that's really yeah. fun, and then the flex start. I think that is just really good for yeah. people who work. And and so when the summer comes, you know, you can tee off at six and still get around in. Mm-hmm. And so then you do three thirty to six, and if someone wants to come early, they can come. You know, and right. Uh, and yeah, uh, so that's one. That's one thing I'm going to pitch to y'all in this in the spring, but. Um, well, yeah, we're getting we're we've been chatting for a good time now. I wanted to. Um, there is uh, one other thing that I'd no, like to mention. Yeah, oh, and I have like speed round questions about that. Okay, <laughs> but go ahead. Okay, um, but um, I know uh, Randy Henshaw. Yep. Who he has a shop on Anderson Street. Yep. Uh, right there across from the Leeson building. Bees, I think. Just south of A Street. Between A and B, yep. Um, his son does some artwork and graffiti yep. and uh, airbrushing yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, he is our club historian. <laughs> um, yeah. 
He's also hey, the Capes. one that does the wood carving. Yes, right? he has done all the wood carvings out there. Yep. The totem pole, which is awesome the mushroom, on hole five. The mushroom on the 18. Um, I don't think he did that one. Oh. I think it was somebody else. Did he do the, isn't there a wizard on 18 too? Like a, uh, he did the like wizard. Yep. The, on the tree. I always forget that's there. Um, that freaks me out. The sign, the, or the, the four by fourest at the top, four by four post at the top of the stairs on hole four. Yeah. says shut up and throw. Yep. Carve that little face in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's other miscellaneous. Just miscellaneous ones. Yeah. Other yeah. carvings yeah. out there. Um, but you wanted to mention he uh, he the sign inside the shelter that says the original sign before the shelter got built. Yep. Um, so he this was a couple years ago, and over the years he he collected all of the newspaper clippings from the Tribune. Yep. Is it Elwood Tribune? Uh, call leader. Call it's leader. Elwood. Yeah. Um, of all of our fundraiser tournaments. Yeah. And we had accumulated um, about $20,000, okay. I think, over the years because there's a couple different tournaments every yeah, year. Yeah. Before the WIFs got started, which is the current big Charity. series now, yeah. um, there used to be ice bowls. Um, yep. A lot of it went to the Morissette Center, yep. the community service, uh, Rotary. The Rotary Club. Rotary Club. Yeah, yeah. Um, we also held tournaments for St. Jude's, which, uh, Winderworld, who Trent McPherson, um, works for, got them to sponsor our tournaments and match all the donations. Cool. Um, which was a thousand to $2,000 every single year to St. Jude's. Wow. Um, we also did a fundraiser tournament for the FOP of Elwood. Okay. I, I'm nice not sure what um branch number or oh that's station fine. number or yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever it is but, for the um, one. but we actually raised enough money to buy um backup service weapons for all of the elwood police department wow for the, all the officers that's um, that's awesome but yeah it's it's you can get you it, can using disc golf because we love playing these tournaments yeah. we'll throw 30 bucks at a tournament no yeah. problem. When you can use it, like with the whiffs, where the money goes, because they basically go to the food bank, the local um, food bank, right? This Usually. year, it was the minister, minister, ministerial, um, I can't think of the name. I'm sorry. It's okay. No. Um, but it, but I, it goes I, to a charity. It goes to a charity. I think yeah. it, it helps out less fortunate And that's why I, I was telling you before we started recording, like, I signed up for one in Yorktown in a couple of weeks. If the weather's bad, I'm not going. But yeah. they, they can. I'm happy to donate that money. You yeah. know, like, and that's that's part of the joy of, is when tournament. Yeah, I don't mind playing charity tournaments yeah. at all. But um, it's that's something. It's just a of. whole bunch of guys getting together. Yeah. Having fun. Yeah. Um, raising money for. Uh, a good cause helping out the town of Elwood and, yeah. and surrounding areas. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of what the club I think is about. Yeah. Um, cause yeah. Well, you know what I was I mean, talking about where, where I was comparing it to like my dad's like hunting and fishing buddies. And I'm also thinking of it in terms of my mom is in all these like with church and then she's in a sorority, like a philanthropy sorority. And, 
I feel like a lot of times in small towns like this, women have a lot of opportunities to be in organizations like that. And there are men's like the Optimist Club and all those, but like I don't fit in the, like the Optimist Club, and like, <laughs> like I just don't. And so what I'm saying is that like I think that there there's this natural human impulse for community and for doing charity work and for working on something that's bigger than yourself. But, you know, this is just, and for some people it's church, for some people it's their sorority, for some people it's the disc golf club. And I think that's a really, the more avenues we can give people to do good things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's amazing. I did want to run some uh, speed round questions by you real quick, just out of curiosity about disc golf. Uh, (laughs) When people are like new and they're like, uh, what what should I know or what dish should I buy? What do you what do you usually tell them? I would say, uh, don't start with a driver. Yeah, people are gonna try to sell you a destroyer or a boss. <laughs> don't buy. Don't a, a don't destroyer buy the, don't or a buy boss. the fastest speed disc yes. you can find. Yes. Buy something slower. A fairway driver. Now I they're classified different. Now uh, mid range leopards. Lots of mid ranges, fairway drivers. Yep. Find a, a putter that you can throw straight. Yep. Yep. Um, Those are good tips. I there's so many brands now. Yeah. Um, when I first started, there was, I think three. Innova Discraft and. Uh, DGA. Okay. Uh, yep. Well, there's okay. There's, there's like smaller there's four. brands. Uh, Latitude, I think, Always was Latitude just around. just coming out. Yep. Um, yeah. Now there's like. <laughs> well, dozens, but there's probably close to ten like big companies. Yeah, yeah, that it's... are like people actually carry their stuff. Well, that's another one of my questions. Uh, what, what, what's in your bag? I noticed the other day when we were playing, you <laughs> they're still throwing a lot of the same discs from when I met you eight years ago. Yeah, years ago. Um, I rarely buy new discs to throw. Yeah. <laughs> so you throw. You are you all Innova? Yep, all Innova. Have you always been that way? I I had a couple buzzes. Yeah. Um, I had some. Uh, I had a DGA. Uh, I want to say it was a a Quake. Okay. Um, not not much. Yeah. I mean, it was a mid range. Uh, so yep. So my I have thrown some Prodigy now that a couple of my I, closer disc golf buddies have. Uh, the pl- I hate the feel. I have. Given to giving them to me. I don't I'm, like I've the thrown feel. them a few times, but um. so I'm with you. I'm I'm an innovative man, and then I've also been in the last three or four years. I've gotten really into uh, Axiom and MVP. Okay. Uh, with the overmold. Yeah, with the overmold. And I just I've fallen in love with them. They're hard to find. They're not. It's not because they're not a. They're hard to find, and like you know Chad Chubb who does a lot of the payouts for the tournaments around here, he doesn't carry them. So I don't, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, Honey Bear has some, but so it's hit or miss when I actually get to mm-hmm. get some, but I, the ones I, like I put with Envies, Axiom Envies, I, I've just, I like the overmold. I like the way they feel. And then, yeah, they just, there's something about them that's really good. And James yeah. Conrad yeah. just signed, did you hear that? He, James no. Conrad just signed MVP. Okay. So he's like their first like legit wow. dude. He's going to be throwing exclusively MVP. So it's like, right. oh, well, maybe now they'll actually get a little more popular. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Maybe release a couple more molds. Different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, but what I really feel like is you get a couple discs, you yep. learn how they throw. Yep. If it doesn't feel right, go to something else. Yep. Maybe change one or two discs in your bag. Yeah. Um, once you find something, throw it. Yeah. You know, I'm not exclusive to Innova. If if I closed my eyes and I threw a prodigy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you like and, and yeah. I opened my eyes and it ended up in the same spot as my T bird. Well, I'm sorry if you closed as your eyes. As my T bird or my rock, <laughs> I would probably throw it. Oh, would you though? Would you really give up on those classics so easily? Um, what you? What's the putter you drive? That yellow putter. Do you have a yellow putter that you drive? It's like an R Pro. Uh, yeah, the yellow greenish one. Yeah, yeah. It's a R Pro AVR that you've probably had. had That's for... more of my throwing off the tee. Yeah, I've seen you drive that. I can. I, it it seems a little bit more controllable than my putting putters. Yeah, yeah. That's how I love those envies. I putt with them, and I and I I drive them. It's awesome. Um, what are you into pro disc golf at all? Do you care about? Like the pro scene, the tour, and I watch. Do you, you have know, like a favorite disc golfer? Um, not really. No. Um, I'm kind of the same way where people talk to me about it, like I should know, and because I'm I, so I kinda, into it, I kind of root against Paul Macbeth now since <laughs> he's been with Discraft for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's <laughs> no, like, but he's like he's, the, he's Yan- good. the the Lakers Yankees of disc yeah. golf. You yeah, know? It's, yeah, it's it's fun to watch them. It is fun, and it's cool that like you know they had someone yes some. They had some coverage of uh, on ESPN. You know, CBS did a little thing, uh, so that's exciting. And I think there's plans for more. Yeah. So I think that's it's good. It's just gonna keep getting more and more. But uh, I can't. I can't. I just think I'm also a big. I'm a big basketball, a pro basketball guy, and I think I only have room for for that. I like consume so much of that that right. I don't have like to root and <laughs> to be pulling for people and to keep up with like. This weekend's tournament, like, it's cool. Like when Matt Bell was at the edge of insanity, I was like, "This is this yeah, is cool." That was or, really amazing. And actually, I was at uh, Macbeth's first win okay. when he won in 2012 in Charlotte. My family's from North Carolina, and so I was visiting. I just happened to be, like, I saw like a couple months out that it was happening there, and I was going to be visiting. And so I just was like, I'm going to drive to Charlotte for the final day. And I just watched, I just watched the awesome. final round <laughs> and got to watch it. Yeah. And then I didn't even realize what I had seen, you know, and I'd been playing for like two years. Um, but yeah, that was great. But yeah, I still don't, I can't I'm, always, I can't get all rah-rah into it. Like, I yeah, feel like I should. I enjoy watching, or, you know, the Jomez coverage. Yeah. Um, Instagram. And any, anything that, else that yeah. I can find disc golf coverage wise absolutely what's your um favorite non-elwood course hmm. i would probably say hazel hazel yeah hazel landing just because Beautiful. yeah it's great um but it's kind of a hate love yes <laughs> because it's so tough Yes. Uh, you take uh, Elwood holes and and basically elongate them, double yeah. their length. Yes. Um, you still have to hit your lines. I really don't. I can still go play big park style courses. Yep. But I think 
it, it, I have more fun watching everybody trying to, hit per se, line. thread their needle or yeah, yeah. hit their line yep. or come up with a big putt that's like, you know, you throw into garbage. <laughs> and then miraculously somehow miss everything and sink a deuce or make yeah, a par yeah, putt yeah. or something like that. But um, yeah. Hazel uh, Fall Creek probably is Hazel does that. It's probably Creek the next too, one where they they have that technical um, and then they they also are good at elongating that technical yeah. or mixing it like Fall Creek that the those gold holes that mm-hmm. are, is it gold. That yeah, are the, the really long, pads. crazy ones. Uh-huh. Where you get really, but you kind of spend. You're like, oh, I'm like six down, and then, and, then you're, and then you end up back there, and you're like, uh oh. Uh-huh. Um, I like that kind of stuff. Uh, Logansport is another one. Logansport. Fran- France Park uh, uh, is another um, wooded course. They also have 24 holes, which makes it even cooler because it more you can spend more, more yeah. time in the woods. <laughs> you know the. Uh, I always for I kind of. Because of Elwood and then Anderson going in, I kind of forgot about it. But uh, I played Yorktown recently and remembered how much I love that course. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's that same thing where you go these long holes and then you got these technical holes and you go in the woods and you yeah. come out of the woods. And I'm just like, a lot of variation. This is the, and there's elevation changes. And it's like, this is the way that feels like, this feels like modern disc golf, where right. it's not just Huck anymore, yeah. where it's not this like gimmicky, like crazy. Technic like where you you know you have to throw it through, like you know an eyeball like you know where like sometimes sometimes holds you're like come on yeah. you know like Elwood there's a couple of those out there at Elwood I I think there's one I think C yeah that's what I was thinking of this is probably the only one um, but one of those trees goes down and it's like a per, you know right it's uh, but there are some that are like that where you go to this course and you're just like. I don't even see what's going on here, yeah. you know? And, but so I love those courses that you can kind of do both, you know, and everyone can play it. Um, yeah, for sure. A uh, couple more real quick. Um, what's your uh, favorite ace you've ever had? Uh, my first one. First one? Yeah. Because you, yeah, That's you got, what you got some money, like got some, yeah. Kickstarted my, yep. uh, kickstarted the hobby. I mean, not nice. professionally because I was, you know, just starting out. Sure, sure. Back then, um, but I walked away from playing doubles on a Thursday night with about a hundred and thirty or hundred and forty dollars, and it yes. was it was it was awesome. Yes. So well, uh, and just the feeling of an ace itself is already this weird, mysterious thing, right? That like I did it. Yeah, <laughs> and then but then to have like a financial component with it is just yeah. like oh my gosh, um, yeah. yeah. I had the weirdest thing happen. Uh, I guess it was like almost seven years ago now. It was when I had first. It was my first um, winter. No, it was my second winter in Austin. I came back. I hit an ace down there, and then the next day drove back, played league, got an ace during league, and then two days later. Uh, and Pendleton got an ace playing a casual. I got three aces in three rounds, three in a row. Nice. Three rounds in a row. And that was like, it was the weirdest feeling. Yeah. I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, it was, it, you can say three in three rounds or three in nine days. Either way, it was like, it, the way it's just like, 
it feels really mystical. Like, I'm not a religious person, but, like, it feels really mystical. Yeah. 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 Um, like, all the stars aligned. and Yeah, and just, everything like... Everything was just perfect for, yeah, and, for a short period of time. <laughs> yeah, and, like, I remember the Pendleton one, I, I threw last on the hole, and Ryan Dudley, right before me, threw the same disc, a Rock 3... And hits the chains and it falls out. And then I throw a rock through right after him and it goes in. Which I kind of feel like a dick. But, uh, but uh, it was, yeah, it was amazing. Those are just such great uh, moments. Um, oh, what's, what's like a crazy, have you seen like, what's like the craziest thing you've witnessed on a disc golf course? Like here, here's mine because this is why I saw it during this tournament. It was nuts. Uh, on hole six, someone hit the tree at the front, like the, missing the big hyzer gap. They hit that front tree. And then their second shot, they're throwing it. And they hit it again, and it goes negative about 20 feet. Uh. So they had a negative 20-foot <laughs> drive because they hits a tree and then flies right. about 80 feet backwards. And wow. I was like, well, that is, that's going on my list of, like, I've never seen this before. Uh, he had like had to duck because it flew back at his face. Yeah. And then it, so he had like a negative twenty foot drive. Um, hmm. Amazing shots, or it doesn't have to be amazing shots. Crazy, it can just be crazy, crazy occurrences. What's something that? Yeah. Um. You, you got anything in your brain that you're like, man? I okay, can't so that I don't know if you're uh, familiar with Mohawk. I've played it one time during okay, one of those. Okay, so you know the pond. The, yep. Um. I don't know what... It's like a basket on like a little island, basically, yeah. right? there's an island and hole. There's a bridge. Hole one is also like up on this huge mound. Yep. And then two T-pad um, is up there also. Sure. Um, so it was probably two or three years ago. It was freezing out. So, of course, the pond was frozen. Yep. Um, that year, it wasn't. It hasn't always been frozen. The few times I've played there, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a couple in there in the pond. Yep. Um, I watched somebody throw. I think it was from hole one. It it hit on the side of the mound near the basket, rolled down onto the pond, but then once it like got to a kind of a stopping point. It just sat there and, and was just sitting there spinning on a frozen pond. And then it kept spinning. <laughs> it kept spinning. It spun some more. And slowly but surely, it inched itself all the way to the other side of the pond and ended up in the grass and was inbounds. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but you're just kind of watching it. Yeah. And it literally took like a minute. For That's, this whole thing to happen, where it, it, it had so much spin on it when it hit the ground, yeah. hit the pond, sat there and spun, and then just slowly spun itself yeah. all the way to the other side of the pond. I'm glad you did. And everybody is, man, that's about the second time. So. <laughs> uh, as soon as it hit the other side of the pond, everybody was like, yeah, because <laughs> everybody was watching. Because there's about three or four holes out there in that area that you can see. Yeah. Uh, um, from that, see what happens on, on all the holes yeah. right there. But I, feel I thought like, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's one of those moments, and I feel like you and I are kindred spirits in this, of like kind of seeing the cosmic joke. 
Like the world's a little bit of a shit show and it's a little it's a little bit of a joke. Right. And I love those moments where I'm just like, Oh yeah, this is why am I being so serious? This is this is all a shit show. <laughs> like right. this is like this is just uh part of yeah. some weird thing we've all found ourselves in. Yeah, and, and it's like the cosmic energy. There's just, just like just laughing, just going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're in your you're in your meat suit and I'm in my meat suit and there's a disc spinning somewhere and like it's just like what is going on? Um well Aaron, uh the way we use the end is uh is I call it a gratitude moment where I just think it's really important to uh say something we're grateful for and to express gratitude. Um so it can be whatever, something you're grateful for today. Um, I can start. Um, I have been really grateful that I live in a place where I, I can have good heat and I can afford heat. I feel so, and it sounds, and it's not completely a joke because it's like, I think about folks who don't have access to that or can't afford their heat and stuff like that and i'm just like this right now is not a good time to be having to worry about that and so not being able to worry about that and just being i just feel really thankful for that right now um yeah what about you what's something you're grateful for today uh can it be about disc golf it can be about this stuff, absolutely. <laughs> I want to say I'm thankful for the great group of guys that I play with. Yeah. Um, the great club that we've yeah, absolutely. established over the last 10, 10 11 years. Yeah. Um, we've really created something awesome for the community. Yeah. Um, and it was a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of kids, uh, families come out there now. Yep. Um, and I just want to, I guess, say thanks to all the people that have helped uh, create it. There's a lot of people that have been involved from Trent and Allen at the beginning and then yeah, all the way through the, the current group of people that, were, that are still involved. I just want to say thanks for yeah. making something out there. Totally. For the whole community to enjoy. And well, let me say thank you to you and to yours, all your folks for, for doing it. Uh, I get the piggyback off of it all the time, <laughs> so it feels great. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for being here, Aaron. Uh, yep. Is there anything you want to say before we go? I think, I think I'm good. We're good? All right, all bye, right. buddy. Thanks. Bye. It's time for some gratitude. Thank you for listening. I hope you'll subscribe and share these episodes, and thank you for doing that. Thank you to our guest for being here and for the great conversation. Thank you to Landon Caldwell, a.k.a. Creeping Pink, uh, for letting us use uh, your song, Free Yourself, um, as our theme song. And then also I want to thank our Patreon supporters, Enrique Lozano, Lynn Coles, Terry Tan, Morgan Jackman, and Josh Caldwell for their support of this podcast and my various endeavors. Um, Yeah, and again, thank you for listening.